Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. All right, public. What is wrong with your microphone? Public service announcement. Apology is warranted. Now, let me let me first say that we have one of the. I got it. Great, good. One of great hair today, by the way. Man, you and Logan got your hair cut. Yeah. When's the last time you got a haircut? <laughs> Check that out on Check YouTube. Check out on YouTube to see why that's funny. Anyways, um, we have one of the greatest producers in the world. Uh, Steve Lewis is amazing. And uh, But uh, Steve, the new intro and new segment, whatever they're called, just not the people have spoken. So I want to issue a, a, an apology to our DIY listener base. You're going to end up eating a steady diet of government cheese and living in a van down by the river. Hopefully by now, by this one, we are back to our uh, original intro. I think we are. I think we can brush up your your verbiage, though. And I think you got to introduce the tribe. I mean, the tribe is legit now. The tribe didn't exist we, when we I recorded that. We used to be like a little community. A no, we were like a little, we were a little bit of a whatever, a little something. A What's beginning. It? A beginning. We were a nucleus. Spec. Now we're a powerful tribe. <laughs> There's no, what's the synonym for tribe? We are a tribe. Community. Communal, community, yes. Anyways, so, and here's Family. the deal. We heard, I admittedly, and Daniel, you know, got on me a little bit. I had not listened to the show post-edit in a long time. And uh, so somebody said, hey, you know, here's some feedback for you. Uh, don't like the new intro. And I was like, the new intro. So queued it up, listened, and uh, yeah, we're going to make a change. Back to, uh, or we've already made a change, hopefully. Steve, you're fired. <laughs> Probably this is the second or third episode since we've made a change. I'm not even sure. I'll have to check that out. But nonetheless, let us know. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. We'll probably take the things that you like. Maybe we'll change some of the things you don't like. I don't know. But this is your show as much as it is ours. This is a community-based. We are not this, you know, this is not a obviously a big profit center. It's a, it's a, love, it's a love service for us. All right project it's a project yes it's a project so anyways we want you to take ownership as much as we do so let us know what else we got anything else nothing let's get right to our question our first question today comes from or our only question today because <laughs> we do a question to show yeah one i don't know if you've listened in a while but, oh, but. Oh. well he's full of them today isn't he no coffee today i drank it already it's okay. we're later than usual for those right. listening on youtube who's the first question from joshua Joshua. All right, Joshua, first question. What do you got? D-I-Y! Hi, my name is Josh from Mesa, Arizona, and I'm looking to diversify my investments. My employer offers a retirement plan with a match. I don't want to leave free money essentially on the table, so I put enough to meet that match and then some. At this time, I cannot afford to pay more than what I already put into my employer's plan, and I was wondering if I should put only in what my employer requires as a match and the rest into a different investment. For example, if to meet my employer's match requires $60 a paycheck, 
instead of paying $100 a paycheck, as I have been into that account, I could pay the $60 to meet the match and then move $40 a paycheck into a Roth IRA or other investments with a different tax option. Would I be losing growth if I decided to do that? I would love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Okay. Uh, yeah. what do so you think I'm wondering this? if Josh was gone back to the archives and listened to some of our episodes and this is just kind of a layup for the Amazon gift card because I thought we've talked about this a few times. We have, but I think what he's saying is what I gathered and the way I was going to approach the answer was I think he's talking about specific investments, meaning would it be better to you know, take that money and buy real estate or something like that? He used the term investments, not, not the type of an account. So mm. I was going to approach it from that standpoint. I thought so. In a supplementary email, sorry, I was staring at that as he was talking. He talks about Roth IRA and investments with different tax options. Mm. Well, So tax diversification, which is tax awesome. Tax diversification. Well, well, I mean, what say you about that? Let's just rehash it then. I mean, what say you about, you know, maximizing, not maximizing, where to put it, et cetera? Certainly. So what I would recommend, generally speaking, is figure out what you need for retirement uh, via rules of thumb, uh, financial planning calculators, et cetera, and put that in various tax-advantaged accounts for retirement, Roth IRAs, 401ks, traditional IRAs, et cetera, because those become very much less accessible, and the odds of you taking that money out pre-retirement, except in an emergency, um, or if you're just terribly undisciplined, are really the two options that you'll probably uh, go and get that money. So emergencies, you know, they happen, and, and sometimes that causes you to withdraw that money. But the less accessible it is, the more likely you are going to leave it there for retirement. Well, what are the accessible options? So that would be like a traditional investing at- account, a taxable investing account, the type of thing that you can open up on a Robinhood or a Schwab or an Ameritrade or a Fidelity uh, that doesn't have uh, retirement in the name like a Roth IRA, et cetera. And that is very similar to a checking account or savings account, except for the fact that you can buy stocks and mutual funds and uh, government bonds and things like that, ETFs, et cetera, in it and allow it to grow. You pay taxes on any dividends and interest throughout that time. Uh, you also pay taxes on the gains, the realized gains when you sell stuff and you get tax deductions for the losses, et cetera. So what Josh is talking about here is, is it wise to just contribute a lot to a 401k? And one of the things that I will look at when doing a plan with somebody, because every now and then we come across a plan where somebody is is maxing out their 401k. And I'm not just talking about getting the employer match, but actually doing the IRS maximum contribution to a 401k. And usually as a planner, one of the things that we would ask then is, what? why are you doing that? Not that it's a bad thing. It's a good thing to say for retirement, but what is the purpose? What's the goal behind just maxing it out? Is it just to get this sort of mental psychological maximum that you can contribute? Because by contributing that to a 401k, one of the things that you're doing is saying that you do not want access to that money till 59 and a half, uh, because that's retirement funds. For some people, if you want to retire early, if you want to have the option to diversify your investments, or if you just generally want to get to retirement and have other tax buckets, investing in something outside of your 401k, like a Roth or just a individual investing account, could be very wise for your long-term financial plan. This is something I do. So I contribute up to the match, and then I uh, put a significant other amount in a taxable investing account, which allows uh, me to grow up an account that 
is there for other types of investments should the time come. Or, you know, if I wanted to retire at 57 or 58 and have a couple years where you can live off of stuff and not have to worry about the accounts that you don't have access to yet. So in those instances, yes, it could be a good idea. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to start. I, I feel like we're at the point now where we have to have some definitive, and I know every situation is different. So I'm going to throw that caveat in that every situation is different. And we can't give personalized and advice. And we can't give personalized advice. So in general is what I would say. In general, <laughs> I want to I hone in on some things that I think, think at least I look at, you look at, and we tend to uh, go, you know, we, we tend to, to find ourselves in this similar, you know, area a lot. And that is the following. I think taxes are going to be higher in the future. And more than likely, you're going to have less, less deductions in the future. Maybe you have kids, maybe you don't, maybe you're closer to that. I, I don't know. So in my personal opinion, I really like the idea of setting yourself up for better tax advantages in the future than today. Let me say that again. I really like the idea of setting yourself up for better tax advantages than today. So that means you didn't mention it, Josh, but the first thing I would do is ask your employer if there's a Roth 401k option. If there would, if there is, I would take a long, hard look at utilizing that as your contribution mechanism. That's number one. If there is that Roth 401k mechanism in place, then in my personal opinion, you should contribute as much as you possibly can into that within the confines of your overall long-term strategy, as Daniel alluded to. If, however... There is no Roth 401k option where I'm going to fall, generally speaking, I can't give you specific advice. You need to know yada, yada, yada. Okay. Is you invest up to the max uh, that your contribution is matched. So if it's 4%, 5%, 6%, whatever it is, or at least for you to get the maximum. So sometimes you have to invest six to get five. Whatever the, whatever the uh, amount allowable is for you to get the maximum contribution for your employer, I think that is wise. Anything less is leaving money on the table. Over and above that, if you don't have the Roth 401k option, I think you should strongly consider a Roth IRA. And the Roth IRA then takes post-tax money, goes in, never is taxed again. You do have the option if you want to eventually, let's say, use that, then you don't get all the tax favor of an entire Roth IRA, but it's not completely locked up, if you will, like an IRA or a traditional 401k. In addition, in addition, and these are going to be bigger things going down the road for you, is that at present, at present, and even if it does, it's not going to be that big of an impact, but at present, the Roth IRA does not fall under a required minimum distribution rule, which means any dollars contributed to a traditional 401k that will ultimately probably find itself in an IRA when you separate from service falls underneath the required minimum distribution rule, which means that at 72, you got to start taking money out. Well, it's never been taxed, so that means it's going to be taxed at ordinary income. That's a 
quite could be a substantial income tax hit that also could impact, let's say, Social Security or any other income taxable uh, gains that you have out there. So that could be significantly impacting you in the tax situation, which again, grown kids are gone. There goes those dependents. Uh, maybe there's no mortgage interest to deduct, which you may or may not do anyway right now. But nonetheless, and taxes could be higher. But in the Roth, you don't have that required minimum distribution. Also, when you use that money, it's already been taxed once. It will not be taxed again. So they could take income tax rates up to 70%. Uh, we've seen it in this country before. You could take income tax rates up to 70%. You're not going to pay tax on that money when you take it out. So all those are pros, in my opinion. Under current law. Under current law. I, I don't think they would I don't, I don't think they doubtful, would tax but, Roth. Eh. But what I would think they'll do is they'll probably create requirement of distribution for Roth, maybe. And the reason for that is get it out and then get it in a taxable account where at least the dividends and interest are, are taxed, possibly. Yep. So anyways, there's there could be some changes. So in summary, if there's a Roth 401k option, I like it. Take advantage of it. In my opinion, that's a great first line of defense and maybe the only line of defense against long-term retirement planning, depending on your strategy. If there's no Roth 401k option, I think you do up to the uh, allowable match or the maximum match that you can get. And then you look at Roth IRAs, uh, assuming you qualify because there's some income gaps there. And if you are over and above the threshold, you probably want to stick with the traditional 401k. Oh, here we go. Down down craziness anyways. But there's some income thresholds that you have to meet in order to do a Roth IRA. Um, but I like Roth IRAs as an option. Anything over and above that, I think, you gotta, again, you got to look at it within the confines of an overall plan. But that's a strategy that I like in general. I like it. And don't be afraid of a taxable investing account. Uh, when you look at the, at least for now, the the tax rates on capital gains and dividends and the fact that you can buy stuff that doesn't really uh, pay out dividends and interest and things like that uh, very much to where you'd be taxed. Uh, I think a lot of people sometimes just write those off as, well, they're not retirement accounts or I'm not getting a tax benefit, but uh, they function in a lot of ways similar not similar to a Roth because you're not going to get the you know the, the tax free withdrawal yeah, flexibility. You can manage that very appropriately, and for the whole financial independence, retire early movement, and you know retiring before sixty, if fire, if that's yeah, if that's a possibility at some point, um, it gives you that option and that flex. It's another bucket, another tool, yeah. And sometimes people are just really hesitant to invest outside of retirement accounts, and you don't have to be. It amazes me the number of people that don't even know that's an option. Now, I think the, quote, Robin Hood movement is changing that. Halt there, friend. You've just entered the territory of Robin Hood and his merry men. Um, but you can invest at a Vanguard, Schwab, you know, Fidelity, et cetera. You don't have to have a Robin Hood account just to put money yeah. in and buy stocks. You can be, do that. And yeah, to be clear, I'm talking about investing, like putting the money in investment, you could, leaving it yeah, there. Yeah, but, I mean, you could do that via Robin Not, Hood as well. Yeah, you can. I'm just saying uh, Robin Hood gets a bad rap for, you know, people flipping stocks here and there or, yeah. you know, riding the flyers and stuff like that. I heard that if you have a Robinhood account, they are considering allowing you to participate in the IPO. They should. Yeah. Why not? I think that would be good. Cool. Yeah. That's uh, not a recommendation. No. Not at all. I, I don't have a Robinhood account, so I don't know. I had one long ago, and uh, 
at just to see what it was like. So I'm hoping that uh, maybe I can participate. All of a sudden, they would see a big deposit <laughs> participate in the IP. Oh. All right, let's wrap that up. Not uh, a recommendation. Not a recommendation. It's just what I'm going to do, probably. Anyways, uh, again, if they allow that. But thanks so much for that question, Josh. Uh, we'll send you that $25 e-gift card from Amazon. All he did was sent us a question via his smartphone podcast at DIYMoney.org. And we answered it on the air. You know the routine. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Remember, friends, the secret to financial success is quite simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.